This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members. And it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Jill Roland Lagan. Jill is the uh, native of Boulder City, Nevada, and she is an experienced entrepreneur and community leader and has been the Boulder City Chamber of Commerce CEO for over 20 years. Driven by the need to see others succeed, she takes pride in providing each chamber investor with their time and consideration so that they are empowered to surround themselves with success as well. As a CEO, her goals include building the business community to be economically strong and setting the chamber at the forefront of that by being a bright light in Boulder City that provides excellence in community service to visitors and to those doing business in Boulder City. Jill, I'm happy to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the Chamber champions who are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part. I am truly honored. And I have an interesting tidbit that I'm very, very proud of and honored to say that my daughter is an Olympian. She is an Olympic shooter. She shoots air pistol, standard 22, um, as a wonderful female athlete for the United States. And so she was able to participate in the Tokyo Olympics. We were unable to be there. So it was a little, little disappointing. So we're kind of excited that she is again in the running for the Paris Olympics. So summer Olympics next summer. And uh, that's one of my um, all time favorite things to share. That is fantastic. I wonder. So last summer, um, our family took a trip to through Colorado and Utah, and we stopped at the Olympic Museum, the new Olympic Museum in Colorado Springs. Yes. And they have a table set up where you get to meet an Olympian. And there was a, 
Olympian doing the same event that your daughter is. I'm wondering, has your daughter been there manning this, uh, the booth there at the, uh, at yes. the Olympic museum? I wonder if I yes. her. So she trains at the Olympic training center there. I, I don't know if you went to just the museum or if you actually went to the Olympic training center itself. And she does work in both of those different locations and has the honor of being able to sit there at the table and get to visit with people and take them on their tour. And so, yes, so she lives in Colorado Springs and uh, has been doing some great things for our for the United States. I'm very proud of her. That is awesome. Um, well, thank you for sharing that tidbit. You've got to be a proud mama. <laughs> Well, why don't you take a few moments and tell us a little bit about the Boulder City Chamber, just to give us an idea of the size of the chamber, scope of work, staff, budget, just to kind of give us some perspective before we get into our topic of discussion today. So here in Boulder City, we're just on the outside of the Las Vegas Valley, and we are considered a rural community. We have uh, just um, over 14,633 <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> And so that was the last um, demographic count that we had that uh, we participated in. And in this great community, we actually are pretty phenomenal in our space because we are over 204 square miles. And the idea then of having such a small um, population, but be able to protect our resources. And that's something that this community feels very strongly on. We have a controlled growth um, ordinance here in our community. We also have no gaming. We are the only municipality without gaming in the state of Nevada, which makes us a little bit um, different in the fact that uh, we don't have those casino, uh, the tax revenue coming in and flowing into our community. So we work pretty hard at being unique and then making sure that we take care of each of our businesses because they respect that factor. And it, it provides such a great quality of life for our residents as well. It's also a wonderful way for tourists to be able to have the nightlife and the fun of the Vegas Valley and then have a little bit more of that outdoor recreation experience here in Boulder City. So we spend a lot of time promoting that. Our chamber itself has 438, 39 members right around that. And uh, we're, we're really honored that each and every one of them gets a lot of our attention. We pay attention to making sure that they feel like they are uh, heard and that their voice matters. And so we're grateful for that. We're just um, just over 250000 on an annual basis is our budget. And uh, we spend a lot of time doing a little bit of everything. So we also operate the Economic Vitality Commission. Uh, it is a nonprofit that we formed because our city does not have an economic development division. And so we operate as that for the city. We also have the Tourism Commission. Uh, like I said, we operate the Nevada State Welcome Center here in Southern Nevada. And so as people are coming across the, the new bridge um, that is the right there at Hoover Dam, as they come from Arizona into the state of Nevada, we are kind of that first stopping point. And so we are grateful that we are able to introduce them to Nevada and encourage them to travel all throughout the state. And so it's a, I have one staff member. She is an amazing office manager. and We're really grateful for her. And then we wouldn't be able to operate without our 25 plus volunteers. And they are the ones that help us man the phones and operate the in the lobby at the reception desk. And then, of course, also for all the different special events. 
I have a board of nine and they're all very active and uh, I'm grateful for them. And I'm also grateful that we have people who are kind of on a waiting list to be able to be on our board, be able to participate. That's always, um, that's been a big deal for me. And so I'm grateful that they see the, the relevance and the importance of the chamber in Boulder City. All right. Well, that definitely helps to paint the picture. And you guys are very involved for uh, you and one other staff person. So like you said, heavily uh, relying on those volunteers who step up and help out and, and you guys are managing it well, it seems to be able to keep all those things afloat. We're trying, we're doing the best we can. And like I said, our volunteers um, are heavily recognized. We always want to make sure that they realize how important they are. And I think they even see that uh, without them, we would not be operational. And I know that they're very proud of the work that they do because we do great work here. Absolutely. So the topic that we decided to settle on for uh, our conversation today, the uh, the title of this episode might seem a little contrarian. So we're uh, we're talking about a 3P versus a 3C chamber debate. And for those who've been in the chamber world a little bit know the difference between a 3P chamber and a 3C chamber. And we're going to get into a discussion about why we may not want to just totally neglect the 3Ps as we uh, move forward with chambers. But we'll get in deeper in this conversation as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Exciting news. Introducing Pippily by Chamber Nation, the innovative solution to manage and promote your community for unstoppable growth. Joining the Chamber of Commerce means one thing, commerce. Businesses want to thrive and Pippily is here to make that happen. With Pippily, your members can experience remarkable benefits even if they can't attend events. It's a game changer for retention. Say goodbye to ordinary directories and embrace a transformative commerce management system. Unlock the true power of commerce management. Picture a centralized Pippily dashboard combining top mobile technologies for subscriptions, event registration, community communications, and more. It's incredible. Don't miss out. Visit pippily.com to learn more. That's P-I-P-P-I-L-Y.com. Schedule your demo at richardscalendar.com. It's affordable and delivers more. Pippily by Chamber Nation. Your community's future starts now. What if you could keep holiday shopping local this year? Launch a community card with Yifty and you can. 
Hi, I'm Raquel from Yifti. Yifti works with over 500 chambers, main streets, cities, and downtown associations, providing custom-branded electronic gift cards that can only be redeemed at your local businesses. This program is free for you and your participating businesses. And if you sign up now, you'll watch your local businesses thrive this holiday season. Email sales at yifti.com to learn more. That's sales at yifte.com. All right, Jill, we are back. Um, as I teased before the uh, the break there, we're going to be talking about 3P chambers versus 3C chambers and maybe the debate that comes up with that, but specifically from the perspective of a smaller chamber. I think uh, for some of these really big, maybe regional, regional chambers or larger cities, it's easy to get on board with the argument of a 3C chamber, and it makes a lot of sense. But for a smaller chamber, I think there, and I think we both agree, there's still some value in some of those those three P's and being you know involved there more locally and and doing some of those traditional things chambers have done. Um, you mind sharing some of your thoughts from your perspective as a, a chamber of you plus one other staff? Um, I would I would put you in the smaller chamber category, but uh, how do you see that debate with the three P versus three C? You know, I am a huge advocate of three C's and I always will be um, having been a former board member with the w the Western Association of Chamber Executives and still currently on the foundation there. I absolutely believe in the work that is being done and in the idea that many chambers need to relook at what it is that they do, their performance in whether they're doing the parades, pageants and pancake breakfast for the right reasons. Because I, I believe that you can still be a 3C chamber, you can still be that champion, that convener, you can still do those great things. But I think that in some of our rural communities, especially, that the person that leads or the um, the entity that leads that organization and that community with those pancake breakfasts, those parades, those pageants, those things that make that community special, that might drive the tourism to that area, that might create that quality of life. I think in those communities, it's very valuable and still very relevant for chambers to be a part of that. Uh, I will say that I, I truly do believe that that collaboration is what makes it uh, important for chambers to understand what are they good at? You can't be good at everything. You can't do everything 110%. So what can you do that you do really, really well? And I do believe that in some of our smaller areas and smaller communities that they still need to do the P's and the C's. And it means that for smaller staff, we kind of have to be uh, on top of a lot more than some of the larger metro chambers. They have such, they play such a key role. And I, I feel strongly about what it is that they do as well. But we see that in, in many of those communities, they're really taking a, a larger role in the political side of things and government affairs. And uh, for me here in my region, I am so grateful that we have the Metro Chamber, the Vegas Chamber, the Henderson Chamber, because I don't have the time to stay on top of some of those things. So I, I kind of have to glean from them some of that information. I'm grateful for that. And so I see where their relevance level lies. Uh, here in my community, however, if uh, we weren't doing the Christmas parade, there would not be activities that are happening and centering around that time. And that's when we bring people into the community to stay a little bit later, to shop in those shops, 
to provide those retailers some of that opportunity as well. And so I see relevance in both locations, large, small, uh, but I also see the importance for each chamber to determine what it is they do best and what it is they can do to remain relevant. And in my particular community, uh, I have to do P's and C's. That's right. So it's not a it's not a, a matchup necessarily of the P's versus the C's, but it's the P's and the C's. Um, I was going to ask you about how you work with your you know, regional chambers and metro chambers to, especially on those you know areas of advocacies and public policy and things like that. Um, how are those relationships fostered? How do you develop those? And, and really, I'm asking this because I know there are a lot of newcomers into the chamber world who typically will start at a smaller chamber, and they need to know how to build some of those relationships and to really lean into the advocacy side, even though you may not have the staff and the, the bandwidth to take it all on yourself. Well, because I don't have the staff and the bandwidth, I am really a champion for making sure that you utilize your your um, key partners. And for me here in Southern Nevada, that means Vegas Chamber, Henderson Chamber. They are really my go-tos, as well as our ethnic chambers. I don't have the ability to um, formulate an entire Hispanic chamber, Asian chamber, or um, uh, urban chamber. But I have got some really great friends and other CEOs that do that really well. Why would I want to reinvent the wheel or even attempt to do it in a halfway uh, manner? I very much want to lean on those people and collaborate. And it makes us stronger when we are partnering with those other chambers and see them as a uh, in the collaboration sense versus in some kind of a competitive sense. Because I really do think that we're all stronger as we as we bridge together and our voices stronger when we're all together. We really noted that here in Southern Nevada with our different legislative sessions. And when it, when it stated that the chambers um, have this opinion, that speaks volumes to those elected officials and those policymakers who are worrying about what does that do to the business community? And how do, how is that impacting some of the, the residents that are a part of those communities? So I, I truly believe that those partnerships and collaboration are key and essential. And I'm very grateful that we've always had a great relationship with our partners in um, the Vegas Valley. And I, I know that in some communities, there's, in, you know, we're, we're, we're getting to the point where a lot of the, the chambers and who they represent and the communities they represent are all merged, right? And so in some of those areas, we have to think of it may not be that a small chamber is small because of the rural area, but small because they're the people that they represent are in a small geographic section, even though they represent a small, a larger community. And so not all small chambers are that because of the population. It also has to do with the, the region that they represent. And it's even key for them to be able to be a part of what the uh, other chambers are doing and making sure that we have a stronger voice together. Absolutely. And, and I would even argue that the sense of community and, and what communities are has changed at the, as the world has gotten smaller. It used to be that you lived in a community because you worked in the community and you went to church in that community and your kids went to school in that community. And, and now this community can mean countywide. It could mean you know neighboring communities that you commute into and whatnot. So being able to collaborate with those neighboring communities, if you will, to, to use that term a little more loosely, I guess, 
um, is just being open-minded to being able to see where those opportunities are to make a, a stronger overall community. Um, so I think there's a lot of advantages though too for a smaller chamber where you had mentioned the, uh, the Christmas parade really draws people to your community and allows, you know, for more shopping for you know, businesses to stay open later and really being an economic driver at that time of year. Uh, what are some of those other advantages that you see as a small chamber and maybe some of those uh, P's that you hang on to? So I, in going back to that specific example, not only are we able to uh, allow for that uh, imp impact that comes in from the financial side, but we also take that time to recognize some of the special people in our community and to highlight uh, great businesses, the businesses of the business of the year, to talk about um, and spotlight some of those different businesses that are doing great things, maybe spotlight the nonprofit that has done something phenomenal. And so it gives us a, an opportunity also to highlight those key individuals in our communities that are doing good things and are doing the, the things for all the right reasons. And so also to re recognize and acknowledge elected officials who are paying attention to the business community. So we, we kind of balance the idea of making sure we say thank you and recognize those things that are taking place at the same time as obviously creating um, that economic boon for that, that short period of time. We see, especially here in our community with the fact that we have a control growth ordinance, we need those mini population explosions on the weekends when we're doing special events. And I realize events are very, um, you know, they, they take up so much time. They're time consuming within staff. They're time consuming in my thought process. So I'm not able to think through, you know, maybe something else, a new program. But they also are very valuable for us to bring people into this community. And so I know that uh, for us, it's important for us not only to recognize the things that are going on here, to spotlight that with the, um, the different media that are paying attention because of special events, but also for us to acknowledge the, the good that the, the citizens here are doing and uh, whether we recognize them at a special event or we're providing them with a little bit of additional um, media attention, those types of activities are secondary, but they are still very valuable. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we've been so successful in having those events, bringing those people together and staying informed on who and what and the things that are going on in the community. Uh, I know that it takes time to have those planning meetings, but in those planning meetings, a lot of activity are going on. I might be able to find out a little bit more about what their needs are. They've got volunteer needs. They've got, um, you know, they, they've got money for a scholarship, but they're not getting any kids to participate. That gives us the opportunity to reach out to the schools, let them know about some of these different programs that are available and making those connections. And so we can't get to that C word of connectivity and, and convening those people um, if we're not if we're not doing those things in our smaller communities. That's right. And I love that as you are getting together to plan a big activity, a parade or whatever it may be to you know keep your eyes and ears open because you're going to learn so much as you deal with those volunteers and businesses that are you know being a part of this that then you can build upon and continue that momentum of your chamber just by being aware and paying attention and not being so hyper-focused on that one event that you're working on. Because it does take a lot of bandwidth. So you may have to be, you know, very intentional about paying attention to those other, you know, signals as you see them 
Uh, I call them signals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you know, we're, we want to, chambers always want to be part of the solution, right? We, we pride ourselves on finding those solutions in our communities and for our business owners. And so you would not know that you would not know what, where the, the need is if you weren't connected, if you weren't involved, if you weren't engaged. And so I think that that's one opportunity. Uh, you know, sometimes I I don't have the solutions, but I have the ability to bring the two people together that need to create that conversation, and that dialogue to get to that solution. And so I see uh, us as being really that that conduit. And we would not have that opportunity if we weren't involved and engaged in what's going on in some of the different organizations. And I, I, I find that to be many rural communities, many small communities, that's where they excel. And that's the, that's what they do so well that creates that relevance for that community to have a chamber. Absolutely. So I'd like to, to ask it for, you know, I call them chamber champions, listeners of the podcast that are out there who are interested in taking their chamber up to the next level. What tip or strategy or action item might you offer them to be able to accomplish that? I know that had I not had a wonderful mentor, Kara Kelly was with the Las Vegas Chamber at the time. Had she not introduced me to Western Association of Chamber Executives, I would not be where I am today. Having the ability to get together with your peers and understand best practices, have that professional development time, uh, you know, right down to even just thinking about your own your own mental health. And having that dialogue with others as they, during the, the pandemic, I don't know what I would have done without having those connections to those other uh, chamber CEOs and, and uh, membership, um, you know, managers and all of those people who we, we come together, we exchange great ideas. You also have the opportunity. I learned even more with ACCE and some of the other association organizations. Meeting together with them has been probably the biggest thing that has excelled um, my career and had, has helped us make this chamber better. Had I not had those uh, relationships, if I had not had those peers to go to, to bounce ideas off of, um, even just simply finding out about some of the different vendors that they use that they have vetted out and uh, know that, you know, this is a great credit card processing company or this is a great insurance program. So having some of those things and meeting up with them and being a part of those different organizations, I 100% highly recommend. I truly believe that they are what has made my job a lot easier. Yes, it's much easier to learn from others who've gone through and, and gain some of those bumps and bruises themselves. So you don't have to do that yourself. That <laughs> so. is true. And what, you know, when you get back to your board and you're reporting to your board, it is so valuable to be able to say my peers in these six communities or, um, you know, in the Western region or the Eastern areas, it, it, it creates a, a quite a bit of stability, continuity, and it gives you the ability to, to share with your board and other people that uh, other people are doing this and it has been proven. Well, and I would say one of the big reasons why I started this podcast was I would work with chambers who I saw were really struggling. I saw some that obviously were doing very well, but some that were really struggling and the more I learned about it, they were not members of their state association or their regional association or their WACE or ACCE. They, they weren't learning from their peers. Um, maybe they had a neighboring chamber that they were connected with, but that was about the, the extent of it. So I thought the podcast could share some tips and strategies and best practices 
and really be able to get people like Jill on to encourage you to be a part of these uh, peer associations so you can learn and build those relationships and learn from your peers to really accelerate your growth in the chamber industry. So thank you for sharing that as a, a tip and action item. <laughs> yeah, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off of us when I don't have to have all the good ideas and I know that I don't. And I love being able to give credit to another chamber for some of the great things that they're doing that I can say, hey, let's give this a try. Uh, take some pressure off of me. Right, exactly. So I like asking everyone I have on this show this question. As we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? I have always had a huge passion for Chamber work and the fact that we represent the business community, those voices need to be heard, especially in that small business realm. Obviously, they are going to be the lifeblood of this country from um, now until whenever. And so I really wanna make sure that chambers are relevant in small communities. And I feel like the, the best way that they can do that going into the future is putting aside any um, ill will or bad feelings that might've happened um, through lack of collaboration. Maybe they had an economic vitality or an economic development entity come into town and they didn't get a seat at the table. Go ask for that seat at the table. Make sure that you're opening those doors. Be a part of some of those different activities that are taking place in your community that makes it so important for you to be at that table. Uh, make sure that when the city council creates new, um, new programs and new scope of work that they know that they need to reach out to the Chamber of Commerce to ask those questions of how that fits, how they fit into that picture and how they feel, they feel that that's going to be impactful to the business community. I, I really believe that being part of those regional organizations, whether it's economic development, whether it's um, you know, some of the different programs that are happening statewide with your legislative issues, uh, government affairs type activities. I feel like if if we are more engaged and involved and part of some of those bigger pictures, that's how we fit in so that they can see that when the chamber speaks, it means something. When the chamber is engaged or asked to be a part of something or ask their opinion, I feel like if we're not part of all of that and we're not uh, making sure that we have a seat at the, each of those tables, that we will get left behind. And I know that uh, that for me is something that I'm always paying attention to. I want to make sure that Without burning us out, uh, obviously, you only have so much time, but making sure that you uh, have made a splash in your community so that people are going to the chamber to make sure that they know that, that, that the chamber's opinion is high and that they have the ability to make a difference in that community. So that doesn't happen without that collaboration. And in some communities, it may not be, especially new people. If you've got a new chamber exec that's just trying to get in and trying to make a difference in that community, the best thing they can do is go meet up with their, their elected officials, the leaders of the uh, economic development organizations, the leaders of the tourism organizations, and make sure that they realize that they want to make be a part and be a part of the solution for that community. Absolutely. Um well, I wanted to give you an opportunity, Jill, for anyone out there listening who'd like to reach out and connect from you and continue this conversation or, or maybe learn more from, from your example and, and connect with you. What would be the best way for someone to reach out and, and make that connection? Well, thank you for that opportunity. And I'm going to do a shameless plug for the best damn podcast 
which we also host. And we're very excited that we have that chance. And obviously, podcasting is probably something else that people need to look at for the future. We know how important that has become and what a great tool and a resource for our communities. And uh, not only that, outside of our communities for us to be able to reach a broader audience, much like Chamber Chat does. And so I very much um, want to introduce that to everybody. But my website is bouldercitychamber.com. And anyone's welcome to give me a, um, a call or an email. Our phone number is 702-293-2034. And my email is jill at bouldercitychamber.com. Awesome. And I will get all of that in our show notes for this episode, including a link to the Best Damn Podcast. And, uh, and I couldn't agree with you more. The value that a podcast brings for a chamber but just getting your message out there, telling the work you're done, you're doing, telling the stories of your members and just, you know, bringing in those outsiders who maybe are coming for a visit or looking to relocate to the area. Just give them a sample of what your community is about. And I will do a shameless plug for my uh, podcasting guide and course that I have for Chambers to, to get up and going with the podcast. And you can find that at chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot. So there's a, a free guide to get started and then a link for the podcasting course as well. But Jill, this has been great having you on the podcast. You brought a lot of value and, and great perspective that I think some people may be a little hesitant to say out loud. So I'm glad we had this discussion and and hopefully some of the smaller chambers out there listening can say, yes, that's what I feel, you know, and they can resonate with that and, and really lean into that work that matters. So Thank you for being with us today and uh, enjoyed having you with us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for this great opportunity and thank you for your great work. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a Chamber Podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.